Hello friends, I'm your host Chris Thrill, I'm a former Royal Marines Commando, I've adventured for better and sometimes worse across 80 countries on all seven continents. Welcome to the Bought the T-Shirt Podcast. James, how are you my friend? I'm doing all right, how are you doing today? Yes, firing as we say, <laughs> well as I say. <laughs> James Corbett, wonderful to have you on the show. I first came across your work. Uh, it was about a certain event that may or may not have taken place 20 years ago, folks, uh, in some major cities in America. And James Just, just shy of 22 years ago? Oh, oh <laughs> that could be the one. That particular one was uh, all about following the money. Mm. And I think I think a lot of us found that incredibly, uh, incredibly insightful. And and. But I made a couple of notes off the website. I thought the first thing probably struck at all, strikes at all of our hearts is you did a piece on crazy conspiracy theorists. What, and what, Do you have anything uh, in particular you want me to talk well, about? Well, <laughs> I, I would just say that I think now, unless you really live in the dark, I think mm -hmm. people have realized that that's a slur and yeah. it's and it's propaganda. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And I would hope that, uh, well, I mean, there's, I'm sure there's always people who are just waking up to that reality. But if so, there's plenty, plenty of information out there to go down that particular rabbit hole. And I believe off the top of my head, the document number is 1035-960. But you're gonna have to look that up and check me on that. Type that into a search engine and it should pull up this, the official CIA talking point memo that was circulated to um, agents, CIA agents in the media in the late 1960s in the wake of the JFK assassination to basically tell the media agents um, about how to handle conspiracy theories that were coming up um, at that time surrounding the Warren Commission and how dare anyone suggest that the Warren Commission was not perfectly above board. Anyway, um, it is an interesting historical note that from that the uh the the publication of that or the circulation of that m internal cia memo suddenly we start to see that phrase being weaponized and used against people who have questions about the government and there is a there's an interesting correlation between those two things but as i say people should know about all of that by now but recently i was writing a series a four-part editorial series it's quite a voluminous study altogether on uh the weaponization of psychology um, and how that is being used to um, basically turn the, the study of the mind into a weapon against political dissenters. It's called descent into madness, not descent into madness, descent into madness, as in you're crazy if you dissent against the government. So I wrote this four part series and the second part of that was crazy conspiracy theorists taking that trope that we now all know so well oh, you're a conspiracy theorist, i.e. you're crazy. Uh, it has been pathologized. It has been turned into some sort of mental uh, diagnosis almost. And not that isn't even, I, I, I want people to realize that the, what I'm just saying there isn't some sort of analogy. It is literally becoming a diagnosis. And I even point in that editorial to a Swiss doctor, a cardiologist practicing at his own private clinic for the past 24 years, who, because of various posts that he made on social media, he got not not just a knock on the door by the police, he got raided by dozens of people, including basically the Swiss equivalent of SWAT, showing up at his private uh, practice to arrest him 
And once they realized they couldn't arrest him for literally making posts on social media, questioning the craziness that was going on, they referred him to a psychological visit. He literally got diagnosed with something called Corona insanity, which is not a real diagnosis for anyone paying attention. But anyway, that was what he was literally diagnosed with. And then given the ultimatum, either you take these psychotropic medications to correct your insanity, or you spend some time in psychological lockup essentially. So um, that it isn't, we're not just talking, we're not playing tiddlywinks. We're not, we're not, this isn't some analogy or something that's going on. They're literally trying to make it into a pathology that they can um, label you with and then start to medicate you for. Uh, This is pretty serious stuff. And the entire subject of psychology and how it has been weaponized against political dissenters is just a crazy and fascinating history. Yes, you touched on an interesting point. So after uh, J- JFK was offed, um, was it something like 80% of Americans did not believe it was Lee Harvey? Yeah. Um, at which point the CIA, or the certainly the dark elements of the CIA, said, right, we've got we to gotta spin this around. Uh, let, let's just start calling them crazy conspiracy theorists. And of course... George Bush Sr. was, I think, one of the first to come out with it. And then, of course, he's, you know, followed on by his son during the the last 20 years of illegal conflict that we've seen. If you would dare to question the uh, the events that le- led up to these these conflict, you were a crazy conspiracy. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. Let but- us never tolerate outrageous conspiracy theories concerning the events of yes. that particular day. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. But don't you also think, James, it's kind of works in, in the truth um, community's favor because the only people that fall for that stuff are people that haven't had their awakening moment yet. For yeah. all the rest of us, it just serves to confirm that we're com- yeah. almost completely well, right. Kind of. Yeah. OK, so I guess there is a hopeful note on that. Again, it is only the asleepest of the sleepy who will possibly fall for that. Unfortunately, I'm sure we can all think in our lives of many, many people who would fall into that category. So it's not a small number. And although the meme online has the past several years has been about NPCs and I mean, they're a joke, right? They're just these non-player characters who just repeat whatever the propaganda points are and look at them. They're so silly, but it's, it could be a lot darker than that because maybe the real analogy isn't NPC. Maybe it's agent Smith. Um, You will recall in the matrix uh, when one of the essentially NPCs, I guess, of the Matrix, just a random person in the Matrix, um, is activated uh, by something that's going on. They can be taken over by Agent Smith, become Agent Smith and start going after Neo. Anyway, if you've never seen the Matrix, none of that makes any sense to you. But if you have, you understand what I'm saying. The idea is that the NPCs can be essentially weaponized against the people who are not NPCs. And we've seen that over the past well, certainly the past few years, but really the last several years of the, the growing, the growing uh, snitch state and the inculcation of this idea that you've got to be watching out what your neighbors are doing. And, oh, they might have said the wrong thing, thought the wrong thing, done the wrong thing the other day. If you see something, say something, all of that kind of stuff that has been going through the culture more and more in the past decade, um, I, I think is leading towards something. And that is essentially the, the, the of course, the top down hierarchical tyranny is 
an ever-present threat to humanity. But the horizontal tyranny, in some ways, is even more scary. The idea that it's not it's not necessarily the the boots, the jackbooted thugs who are going to storm in and you know arrest you. It's going to be the your neighbors spying on you all the time. And and uh oh, he doesn't. He has a bit of criminal wrong think there. He said the wrong thing the other day. Uh, you know, again, that can be a form of weapon, a uh, weapon that can be wielded against us. I'm not sure if it, she's an NPC, but the the BBC now they have a, a disinformation department. Mariana Spring. <laughs> yes, there we go. And um, already they've they did a very good job of taking down a um, very credible and dedicated British researcher. Um, uh his channel was rich planet um and the thing was he hadn't actually broken any guidelines on the on the video platforms but the bbc did a program on him and then they reported him to i think it was youtube <laughs> and they took mm. they they took it it's mm. uh yes mr hall we feel for you we feel for you Maybe there's a lesson in there <laughs> about how much we should be relying on these controlled enemy information propaganda outlets that are absolutely going to be the plug will be pulled at any time it is convenient for the plug pullers to pull the plug, as yes. I would know a thing or two about. And I say to all all of our followers out there, you know, I, I think I really get what's going on. As I mean, I, I'm not as dedicated. I don't have the depth of research that, that you um, that you do, James, but from a holistic perspective i see it and i get people saying to me chris why don't you say it like that and i'm like because if i was to actually say what i think's going on this would be the last time you saw me and mm -hmm. i'm not really much good sat in a yeah. <laughs> you know sat in a free bedroom house in the city i live yeah. in not not able to communicate with anyone having yeah. said that though we, but i did make that decision I made that decision because I, I was getting the strikes and uh, I knew that the uh, the channel deletion was coming and I could zip up and just I'll, I'll use the code words and I won't speak about certain things and I'll just shut up and be a good boy. But no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to say whatever it is I'm going to say because that is why I am here. I am not here to speak in code words and avoid stuff. I am here to tell the truth. And if that means they pull the plug on my YouTube channel, they pull the plug on my YouTube channel. I, I, in a sense, I don't care. I care in the sense that it was, for the time, in the time that I was using it, it was a platform to reach people. But it isn't anymore. It is a platform for having censored conversations about things you can't talk about and not conveying information. And I'm not going to do that to my audience. I am going to say things as they are. No code words, no dancing around the subject. So I made the decision and they pulled the plug. And now, at the very least, you know what? I, every time I'm on someone's YouTube channel, I see people in the comments going, James, I thought he just kind of went away. I, I never saw him again. But those people, I hate to say it, but those people were never really part of my audience. People who didn't bother to follow me off of YouTube, they were never there in the first place. Yeah, so yeah, that's a great point. This situation with me, James, is like if I wasn't on YouTube, I, I, I couldn't pay my staff. I've, I've only got only got two i would literally be like bye everyone <laughs> i'm i'm i've asked you to follow me in locals how many times <laughs> you know every time i do a video follow us on locals we're trying to tell the truth over there and and like you say a lot of people in this truth game they're just spectators really aren't they 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 
they just want the next bit of scaremongering and division. Um, they're not willing to. I mean, we ask people if you could support our Patreon for one ninety nine a month. It's not a lot. You're going to get a great guy with fifty three years of experience, eighty five countries across all seven continents, in sick in in health very good health but also at times when it when he's been chronically mentally unwell because of the 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 matrix um they and it's crazy you still get comments what do, what why is this video censored because <laughs> you won't support us on the other platforms we've covered the uh, crazy conspiracy theorists you did a bit james it's quite funny now uh, everywhere king charles goes he's got this hate entourage that hate him <laughs> And of course, they only show like a little bit for the purposes of, I don't know, containing the threat, I guess. They yeah. they have these yellow placards. Yeah. It's the valve, the safety yeah. valve. Yeah, You're yeah. not our king. You're not our king. But of course, he's not our king because he's part of an um, elitist system of control. And they all work together and they've worked together for many hundreds, if not thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Um and he really isn't, and and I think you 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 picked up on a point I did when he cut. Uh, you you had a slightly different angle on it, and it's the hard boiled eggs thing. But the story I was told is when he goes on his hunts or when he's banging pheasants out the sky with his twelve bore, all of which folks get put in landfill. This is not this is not to eat. This is just to kill and destroy wildlife that is grown just to be shot out the sky so the rah-rahs can have their you know quaff of whiskey and then they get their 12 bore they don't even have to load the 12 bore it's done by their guy next to them i know that because my friend gets invited on these shoots because he owns the farm that the birds are on right anyway but apparently 20 minutes james before they get the chefs get the phone call he's on his way back he's they start boiling eggs and they'll boil a batch of, you know, I don't know, 50 eggs for him and his guys. If he hasn't arrived, they throw them all away and they do another batch. Because if King Charles doesn't get his egg yolky, you is going to be sparked, my sunshine. <laughs> yeah. And this is yeah. a guy that we think we should take our lead in life from. People are mm. mental. They're crazy. Yeah, but he does everything he does because he loves and cares about you. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ridiculous. But yeah, the real point of this, of course, is what does Charles eat? What does Charles eat? Because you better believe he carries around his own private chef everywhere he goes and his own private stock of food because he's not going to eat the garbage that gets served to people in, on, you know, in the supermarkets or in your average restaurant. No, 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 no. No, he he has his own special organic farm that he grows all of his own special things for I, the bugs and, you know, eat, eat the bugs and the impossible burgers and whatever. That's good for you, but not for him. Right. Exactly. And also people try people that are not so enlightened, let's say, try to make a distinction between him and his mum. And that, folks, I'm not here to criticize dead people. And I, in fact, I don't I'm not here to criticize anyone. I, I fight the spiritual battle It's all about me what I can do to Im- improve my this life through myself. But if we are going to have an open conversation, she did support 20 years of illegal conflict. She did give medals to the people that fought in that conflict. I guess we don't get to see their stocks and shares and where their money's invested, but I'm pretty much sure companies like British Aerospace and um, 
you know, the arms industry would feature in that por- portfolio. Um, and then, of course, um, we had the last three-year debacle where she was actually making adverts on the television telling people what they need to do with themselves and their family. Um, okay, you, you could argue she was a 96-year-old woman by that stage or what whatever the grand age she she was apologies folks i don't watch television so i don't know all this stuff they did have some questionable relationships as well james didn't they um and i think uh, a certain tv presenter now then yep. now then jingle jangle jingle jangle right <laughs> but, uh, and and here's the thing in their wisdom with all their advisors did mm. nobody bring it to their attention that mm. this prolific offender, and he did that for 60 years or something, yeah. paid yeah. for by the taxpayer, the, the BBC licence payer, and disliked by, <laughs> disliked by Diana as well. Um, do you think nobody suggested to the royal family that, that possibly this guy's a wrong one and you should have right. nothing to do? But instead, they brought him in as the family advisor and he gave. Yeah, yeah, that's the crazy part of this. So, yeah, I mean, it's one thing that, okay, he was knighted by the queen and he was clearly chummy with them. And oh, by the way, he was apparently maybe going to be uh, uh, Harry's godfather and all of this craziness. But hey, it gets even crazier because, yes, uh, as has been thoroughly determined and by various correspondence that's come out in the past few years, yeah, he was literally an advisor, a close personal advisor to Andrew, to Charles, to Charles personally. Mm-hmm. Um, if if this coronation had happened a decade ago, you better believe he would have been sitting there as a guest of honor at that coronation. So just goes to show. And yes, uh, of course, you don't even get near the queen, let alone knighted, let alone chummy with the family, unless you have been thoroughly, thoroughly vetted. And you better believe they're there's no way that they could not have known at the very least about the allegations, but one presumes they knew a lot more than that. But the question is, what did he know and what, what could he have revealed and what kind of blackmail or whatever did he have on Prince Andrew or whoever else got caught up in his web? So speculation, I don't know the answers to those questions, but they're certainly some interesting questions to be asking. Yeah, we're not trying to say anything here, folks. We're just like, these are the questions. Let's put it this way. I, uh, it's not that I have hatred for the royal family or something, or I specifically, I, I, I actually hate these people because from my perspective, whether we venerate these people and bow down to them, literally bow to them as some sort of superior hum- human beings for being born into this family, or whether we hate them because they were born into that family is both ways is giving them a sort of undue respect or reverence as sort of special you human beings who are different than the rest of us. No, no, no. These are just regular human beings. I think the real win is when we start to see all human beings as just other human beings instead of these special godlike creatures. James, you nailed it. My, I, I mean, I don't have issue. I don't care what other people do, although it can make your life a bit problematic. But my thing for people is if you want to win the spiritual battle, which is the only important thing in life to do, you get one chance to live in paradise. And you, if you want to forgo that, I, I guess it's not everyone's cup of tea, but 
you're not going to get there by taking your personal power, your manifestation of this great universe, and like putting it on a family of like suspect people <laughs> or or this celebrity or making yourself some false idol and like oh my powers with that only he can save you're literally taking the beauty of life out of yourself and throwing it away and so no one can tell me you know me personally you can tell yourselves whatever but no one's going to stop me living in paradise so i won't worship a family that live on the same planet as me it's just a very weird thing to do uh, but I guess we're up against years of culture, James. Uh, not just years, not just decades, not just centuries, but generations, millennia. Who knows how far back it goes? But I think, yeah, fundamentally, uh, it does speak to some part of human psychology. Obviously, institutions like royalty itself cannot survive for millennia of human history unless it speaks to something in our in our nature, our makeup, that we are looking for that sort of special godlike family that we can give that kind of reverence to. But clearly, there's a lot of conditioning that's gone on over those millennia. And the fundamental wrong turn is, of course, the idea that there is this special class of people who literally, just by virtue of being born into a certain family, deserve to rule over other human beings. And that is such a fundamentally despicable, that is the wrong turn of human history. And eliminating that wrong turn from our thinking is a monumental task. In some sense, perhaps that is the task I'm engaged in because throw whatever labels you want on the corporate report and the work that I do and conspiracy theorist. All right. I had a video once called I am a conspiracy theorist because I think we have to stop trying to get away from these labels. Oh my God, don't throw that word at me. Oh no. Well, okay. I theorize about conspiracies. I'm a conspiracy theorist. Now let's talk about evidence. <laughs> Might be a better way of uh, confronting that sort of thing. But uh, but yeah, throw whatever labels you want on my work. But fundamentally, what I'm doing is examining the way that power operates in society. And from a pretty unradical perspective of, hey, you know how any any era of human history that you want to look back, going back however many centuries or millennia, there has always been oligarchs trying, basically conspiring to rule over the masses. Well, guess what? You know that thing we've seen throughout all of human history? It still exists. <laughs> no, that's crazy. You're weird. <laughs> no, it's pretty, it's pretty basic when you put it in those terms. And most people would probably agree with it if you just phrased it the right way. But <laughs> it's weird that we've been conditioned into thinking that that's some sort of strange, radical idea. And I am in complete agreement. Conspiracy theory is a badge of honor. I mean, it means you've reached a place in your life of independent, you know, critical thought, but they've even come to attack that, haven't they? I mean, originally it was a slur. Then it became actually, it's not a slur because we know what the propaganda that they're getting at. It's actually, it means you're a bit switched on. Now though, they've thrown things into the mix to rebrand people idiots and I'm not here to like upset anyone, folks. But when you when you see things like flat Earth, um, there's I mean there's there's the Mandela effect as well. I'm not even sure what that is. It's it's it, it, it's people misremembering things from their childhood and believing the only explanation for that is that the universe has fundamentally altered. Shifted, <laughs> it can't yes. be that I'm misremembering something. No. Yes, but he here's the thing though. I I, I honestly think, James, the deep state 
may have may have fueled it a bit because mm. you know it's Franco Colombo for me. I was big into bodybuilding when I was in the Marines. Uh, mm. Arnold Schwarzenegger mm. was my hero. Yeah, right. Colombo was his friend, right? In Venice. Yeah, Franco yeah. Colombo, which I'm guessing yeah. is an Italian surname. Yeah, Colombo with a U. And 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 when you go back through the old literature and you flag up some images on you know on a search engine, it's still Colombo. When Arnold talks about him in speech, it's mm. my good friend Franco Colombo. Just wear a goddamn mask. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, folks, but it's it's. It makes me that, one. That was a terrible Arnold impression, by the way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> millimeter. I can't do better. Trust me. I can't. So. I do Uzi 9 millimeter to my son. And, and I, once I start on it, I won't shut up for the whole evening. I, I can be really annoying. But but get, getting back to that is I do wonder, James, how much. It, it's like, the, let's take the JFK thing. They say every documentary that you've ever watched in the mainstream trying to explain the magic bullet and you know this this film that come out uh, was it 20 years ago now um can't remember the director's name but everyone thought oh this is the one that's going to shit they they say that every publication on it is just been done but made by funded by the deep state just to keep you know high keep uh, sort of promoting the myth Sure. Um, yeah, that could be part of it. And honestly, um, the sloppiness of some of these operations and the fact that there are so many loose ends speaks maybe not only to the fact that, well, maybe these aren't world controlling masters of reality who control everything on the planet, but also maybe some of the sloppiness is, if not intentional, at least, well, good, because it does polarize people. It does. When when there are things in these events that are just so ridiculous on their face what this this passport survived that, that complete collapse that's crazy uh when there are things that are so crazy like that it does sort of thrust it in your face and there are some people who maybe not consciously but at some level they decide to buy into the propaganda okay i'm gonna believe the lie and they kind of commit themselves to that and then there are the other people who fall out of that matrix for whatever reason. And I don't know what the particular psychology around that is, but it does serve to further that divide that is getting people more and more and more divided as we go into a more and more politicized environment. Yes, good point. Even as a military person, some of these events, I can't say which ones, folks, just literally not allowed to on, on one of our platforms. If military people actually put their military head on and analysed it from a perspective of, say, firearms and, and velocities and, and, and capability and da, 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 they'd see through it in an instant. They'd be like, oh, that's impossible. You know, I was actually trained in that. That I was trained in that when I was 16 or 18. The level of indoctrination is so strong that even people that should know better can't believe that they could be being lied to was it was it called the better way conference i believe you attended right. recently was that in england yeah that's right in bath yes because i'm always big on it's easy to call out the problems it's easy to create mm. more division you know probably done it i mean you mentioned flat earth that's just right 
you know all i'd say there folks is just go to antarctica just do what i did get on a plane and go there and immediately you're gonna go oh right yeah oh, i didn't realize that sorry but but because you saw the ice wall yeah you you'd been lied to yeah well that's the thing is there's no ice wall it's a continent you land on rocks it's a continent like all the other six ones you know and immediately then all that propaganda you've been fed it just gets shattered but james people won't do it because it challenges mm. their identity so uh for people who don't know i was just there uh the beginning of june so about a month ago and uh it was a th three-day conference and it was structured around as you as you're indicating there it was structured around not talking about the problems we know about the problems it was structured towards finding the solutions so uh, there was a bunch of conversations that involved nine or ten panelists who would each get 10 minutes to speak and then there'd be a panel discussion on a given subject so for example i was speaking on the subject of from electro smog to nature's frequencies the idea of the 5G and the Wi-Fi and all the radiation and EMF and the health effects of that and the surveillance aspects of that. But, well, what do we do about that? And another conversation I was involved in um, was talking about from thought control to free thought. And so, for example, I talked about some of the solutions that are on offer when we're thinking about the, uh, the, the EMF problem. Um, and I think there isn't a single silver bullet solution to it. I know everyone says, well, just turn off all all emf everywhere in the world all at once well okay until that happens i'm gonna hold my breath and wait for that but until that happens maybe we need some actual practical uh, solutions of things that we can start doing and there is a range of different things so i was just putting things out on the table um during my speech and basically um pr prompting people to start thinking about what what ways they would think about of actually changing their life their habits what they do what they're willing to do um, to solve the problem because that's always going to be the question sure you can solve any problem by moving out into the middle of the woods and eating bugs and drinking rainwater and never having contact with a human again and a lot of these problems would go away but you might have some other problems and it's the trade-off of you know whether you whether you're willing to do that um the other conversation i was in on the front from free uh from thought control to free thought i was obviously speaking as a member of the independent media i've been doing this 16 years now so i was bringing the uh waving the flag for the independent media yes we need independent media but but independent how independent in what way and i was trying to raise the specter of that question because it's not just getting independent of the platforms that seek to control what we're saying or the money that is the other conduit for us to be able to do this for a living uh, those are ways that even independent alternative media can still be controlled in various ways but even beyond that how about just the fact that the independent media so-called is often just talking about whatever the mainstream story of the day is and it's like well let me tell you the truth about this thing that they're talking about on the bbc well great okay that is important but if all we're ever doing is talking about what the bbc is misreporting today we never actually escape that right so there has to be a sort of deeper structural meaning to this independence that we're seeking so i was just trying to raise some of those ideas and throw some of those ideas out on the table if people are interested in it i posted up both of my speeches there at the better way conference in a recent podcast episode that's available like everything i do completely for free um under the title finding the better way 
Yes, and also I'm looking at some of these uh, quote-unquote alternative media platforms and I'm looking at their speakers. Once their funding gets threatened, they just kowtow and start putting out the... Uh, we've seen we've seen some big platforms do that, folks, haven't we? I think the clue is if they're still on YouTube. The second thing is a lot of these guys are oldies. You know, They come into this after a lifetime of brainwashing. They don't have the mental experiential anchors into other theories to understand and, and not just theories but but personal experience so i mean uh, for example i started eating majority vegetables 20 years ago i'm not talking about like carbohydrates here folks and all that stuff that toxifies your body I'm talking like actual green vegetables and i found for example I never got sick again, ever, full stop. And I can run a thousand miles nonstop while sleeping at the side of the road. And you, you get these oldies there, they, they haven't lived that, they have they don't have that experience. They're still coming from the time when you went to your GP and you 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 got the sniffles and all that, and they're like, you got that off Dave in the office. Okay. Um go to bed. Go to bed with a cup of coffee or a cup of tea and you'll be fine. <laughs> and, and and all this. And it, it, I'm, I'm just highlighting, James, it's a difficult one. You know, some of these speakers, they're idolized now for the work they've done off the back of the last three years. They've got their own channels and they've got like hundreds of thousands of people. They're still part of the problem. <laughs> you know, they're still a part of the problem. Yeah, well, let's put it this way. Look, I think everyone is on different stages of their own journey and their own awakening and their own understanding. And so I'm not here to further the division um, in, in terms of further trying to sow the discord that has been so thoroughly sown by the powers mm. that shouldn't be amongst the alternative media ranks. But this is kind of the point. Again, it goes back to that idea, just as I won't bow down to or venerate or hate the royals because they happen to be born into a royal family. I'm not going to bow down to and venerate or hate any particular media figure for saying what they say. Uh, my, my opinion has always been when it starts becoming about personalities and this person said this thing and I believe something different, therefore they're horrible. That's when we lose. Uh, it should be about information and ex sometimes it's about our own experiential evidence that we know from our own particular lives but sometimes it's ver verifiable information whatever that is what this is about and it, when you put it in that perspective it doesn't matter who said what in terms of the soap opera drama that people want to bring it down to it's about what do i know and how do i know it and if you're constantly interrogating yourself with those questions and questioning the conclusions that you've come to well is that really a conclusion maybe maybe i've left, left something out i better find another perspective on this uh, as long as we're engaged in that process then we're winning but once we start basically separating ourselves and dividing ourselves and that guy's a shill and that guy's a shill and let me tell you about how this guy's a shill that's when we start to lose yes everyone's a shill folks <laughs> I mean, until you can actually tell the truth, gosh, we could all be a little bit accused of that, couldn't we? Not not so much shill, but controlled opposition, because the the platforms that we're on do control you know, you to a certain well, extent. Well, let's put it but this way. No one knows everything. 
I mean, I, I know enough to know. I do not know everything. And some of the stuff that I talk about, I'm sure I'm wrong about. I don't know which stuff, unfortunately, but <laughs> there, I mean, I'm not right about everything. And anyone who would just listen to anything I say blindly and believe it because I said it is an idiot. <laughs> mm. Anyone who would listen to anything I say and not believe it because I said it is also an idiot. It, I'm not the factor here. I'm not part of the equation. The question is, is this true or is it not? And so again, yeah, uh, it, it's such an interesting thing. People always, of course, because we're so used to the sort of the human element of this and our human relationships, which is a good thing, which is the natural thing. But then we get into this space where we're talking through screens and devices and we're having a conversation between the two of us on the opposite sides of the planet that's being seen by who knows how many people on, you know, all around the world who are watching or listening to this on their devices. And how are they relating to this conversation and to us and thinking of us as people? And it's like a conversation you were having with your friends, but it's not really a conversation when you're just sitting there staring at a screen as my camera goes out of focus. So, <laughs> so it, it's such, it's, it plays on our sort of our human psychology, the way that we interact with other people, we tend to put things in these human terms when really what you are listening to are voices and faces on a screen. And we've all, we're already stepping through the threshold of, if not today, at least in the near future, you won't know when you're listening to James Corbett on a screen. Is that really James Corbett or is that the uh, artificially intelligent generated facsimile of James Corbett? And what's the difference? And if I can't tell the difference, does that make a difference? Uh, we're, we're, we're stepping into strange times that play on, again, our sense that this is some sort of human interaction we're having, but it's not. It's a digital mediated interaction that we're having. And that's a completely different thing. And so once again, it, once it starts becoming about people, we lose. When it becomes about verifiable information that we ourselves can either prove or disprove for ourselves, that, then we are winning. Yes, and I'll add to that, James, if I may. Um, even though I see people putting out these narratives, I know that you know I know they're doing it from the goodness of their heart. They they mean well. Follow the spiritual journey. The the highest form of vibration is love. The highest form of energy is love, and all of our thoughts and our relationships should be based on that. Which is why I try not to. You know, do I hate Prince Charles? No, absolutely not. I I, I feel for him really. Um, I'm not saying I condone maybe his actions. I don't really know his actions, folks, to be honest. But, you know, we're talking about a lot of people that have done some pretty bad stuff in this podcast. Um, and I guess the difference is when you look at the architects of, let's just say, a certain event that may or may not have taken back place, I don't know, 20 odd years ago, 22, 24, who cares? They won't come in from a place of love, were they? You know, but. well, if you really, I mean, really want to pull back on the big overall picture of things, it is fundamentally an anti-human agenda is what we are facing. It is an anti-human mindset that, um, yeah, certainly is not about love and unfortunately is about death and destruction and has been for, well, all of recorded history anyway. And who knows what unrecorded history. There's always been people trying to rule over others, using other people as pawns discarding them at will and trying to essentially enslave them. And that is unfortunately no different in our day and age. And it, it seems pretty obvious to me if, if what we are facing is an anti-human agenda, then I think the, uh, the way to solve that is the pro-human agenda. And it's interesting to think about how much indoctrination that we receive about how 
horrible humans are and they're a cancer on this earth and there's too many people and we need to get rid of a bunch and all of this that so many people have internalized that they genuinely genuinely believe that it is their own idea at this point as if it hasn't been force-fed into their consciousness their entire lives i've certainly had that conditioning and propaganda spewed at me all my life and i'm sure there was points in my childhood where i would have if not gone along with it completely, at least sort of, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe there's a point there. Humans are kind of a horrible species and blah, blah, blah. Unfortunately, some people allow that to take over their consciousness, but no, that is being put there by the people who of course have not only have an anti-human agenda, but what's the easiest way to accomplish the aims of that anti-human agenda, make humanity hate itself. It's much easier than actually having to, you know, fight against an enemy that's coming back at, coming back at you. No, no, no. You you demoralize the enemy and you make them hate themselves and then they're easy to conquer. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's the, it's kind of like they're energy, energy harvesting. Um even though they'll be dead long, you know, they won't see their their new world order. They'll be long gone, but I I don't know if they ascribe to the like the karmic record that they just want to keep hammering the evil, so the evil triumphs, and and they're going to lose, folks, aren't they? They're going to lose, and I'll tell you why they lose because I can come together with James. We've never met each other, and we can have this civil conversation, which I would say is based on love, um, that which certainly is from my perspective. And they can't do that because when you're a psychopath, you can't experience love, or a sociopath, you can't experience it. So they've only got their set gameplay that they believe works and it's always the same. And once you see it, you see the things when they go bang on the television and you're, and they, they say, Oh, it was these guys. And you're like, no, it's not. It's them. It's them again. Right. And then you see it and they've only got that gameplay and, and it, you know, it's going to be their downfall. It's going to be their downfall because love wins the day. It's just, just how it is. It's how it is. I mean, Ukraine's a difficult one. I've said to everyone, Oi, don't matter what side you take, if you think that bombing women and children is an honourable thing, then you are seriously an unwell person, especially if you actually went to Ukraine or Russia. And I'll tell you, because I you know, haven't been to Ukraine, but I've met lots of Ukrainians, so I've definitely been in Russia. You're just going to meet beautiful people just like yourself, right? Mm-hmm. No issues whatsoever, complete power grab new world order narrative nonsense um again by the same big club that control everything it's still a narrative james that that there's different interpretations aren't there there's the is it the rush is it the nato pushing up against russia when they were told not to and they promised not to we had all these agreements uh minsk accord that was supposed oh you guys are going to back off from from donbass da 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 my take is like, well, yeah, you've got that, but it's still the same both sides played off by the same controllers. You know, the, the, Mr. Putin, President Putin, Premier Putin, he's, he's an egomaniac. He's a megalomaniac. He just wants to be in power. And he's going to do what he gets told to do, the same as Zelensky does, the same as Bush has done, the same as, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Blair, certainly, certainly. You know, they, 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 they haven't got that much leeway because if they did, they wouldn't last very long, folks. <laughs> Look at JFK. You know, they don't last very long. So they're all playing a game to some um, 
degree. But James, I wanted to ask you about Belt and Road. Yeah, and and on Ukraine and uh, and everything you were just saying. Yeah, I think that unfortunately a lot of again the erstwhile alternative media gets stuck on stupid with these conversations where they tend to. There often are so many people who really believe that there is some sort of fundamental difference that is happening in oh you know don't worry russia is going to save the day they're fighting back against the evil nato empire or china they're they're, with their belt and road initiative are going to transform the world or something like this meanwhile in reality of course russia moving ahead with the digital ruble um biometric screening for banks and uh they they had all of the the uh the digital health certificate rollout uh, attempts in the past few years and all of that all of that craziness happening there in russia as well china of course social credit all of these social credit fears that are coming with the cbdc where where does social credit originate from oh that's right china uh who's who's spearheading the cbdc paradigm china digital yuan so the idea that this is some sort of bulwark against all of the craziness that's happening in the west is an idea that i get why people want to believe that but it is hopium so uh if people haven't seen my documentary on a brief history of hopium please check it out corporatereport.com hopium um but yes i have talked about the belt and road initiative um the new silk road as it was being called a decade ago so i've i've talked about this for many years and there's a lot to say about it but the fundamental thing to say about it is what you were gesturing towards there okay yes on one level of course china is raising all of this economic capital uh, on the basis of their suddenly booming economy that's for the past couple of decades has been this incredible, the Chinese dragon, amazing. And so they're trying to convert that into geopolitical capital. And how do you do that? Well, you finance this infrastructure for transporting your goods, and that becomes the physical linkages with all these different countries, et cetera, et cetera. So it makes certain sense, obviously, on, on a number of levels. But the real question to ask is, how did China just suddenly start growing into the fact that it's now either the second largest or the largest economy on the planet, depending how you measure that and what what metric you use? Anyway, it's fast becoming the largest economy on the planet. How did that happen? Was it just that Chinese pluck and spirit and entrepreneurial gusto that just for some reason a couple of decades ago just picked? Hmm, I wonder if there's a history to that. Oh, there is. So if you, uh, for example, I've, I've done a, a podcast episode on China and the New World Order that goes into the connections of the, the going back to the 1970s and the opening up of China to the bank banking linkages that were taking place in the 1980s to the uh, offshoring and uh, opening up of R&D of basically every Fortune 500 company on the planet suddenly finding their way to China with all of these agreements that, oh yeah, of course, you know, all of our intellectual property and whatever, we'll give that to you as well. And now China suddenly is this economic juggernaut who has a military where they have all of these different drones and fighter jets and aircraft carriers and all these things that are suspiciously suspiciously western uh, where did they get all this technology and wait on their their promotional video there's actually english on some of their heads up displays and wh- why was that oh it, are they literally copying technology and how did they get the hands on it and all of that and people pretend to act surprised despite the fact that 50 years ago uh anthony sudden uh, a professor at uh the the hoover institute who got kicked out of the hoover institute because he started writing st- uh, really important uh, academic treatises on how the, uh, the the Soviet boogeyman was essentially being propped up by the West, 
by via all sorts of things, the land lease agreements and the the uh, the uh, various technology transfers that were going on and all of this. There's there's so much research into it. But essentially, his thesis was that the Cold War was essentially being propped up as if, you know, there was one side that was controlling both sides. Wow. Imagine that. Well, I think that's exactly what is happening with the rise of China and its its burgeoning wealth and its ability to project that wealth around the world and the growth of the Belt and Road Initiative and how that's changing relations with with Europe, obviously, and with uh, other nations besides. There's a reason for this. It hasn't just sprung up just out of nowhere. It there is there is a distinct history you can look at at how this has been built up and why. Well, why was it done in the first place? Well, as we saw with Cold War 1.0, it it was certainly it was an incredible boon for the usual military industrial complex players, but also the the entire the idea of the security state and monitoring citizens and having the red scare, the red menace, the McCarthyite McCarthyite purges and all of that, all of that um, comes on the back of that type of boogeyman. And here we are in twenty in the twenty twenties with the need for a new boogeyman, essentially to keep the the public constantly terrified. Um, so that the usual players can continue doing their things and expanding the security state in the name of keeping us safe from those those Ruskies. I mean, those Chicoms. I mean, whoever, whatever, North Korea, maybe next week, whatever convenient boogeyman they can prop up. So I think we have to see this in terms of a bigger game that's being played. And unfortunately, who are the people who always suffer in this? Whether it's whether we look at the what's going on in Ukraine or any of these other conflicts that are arising, it's always the people, the average people who suffer. It's the people in Donbass. It's the Ukrainian people themselves. It's the Russian conscripts who are being fed into this meat grinder for the purposes of this greater game that's going on um, between these grand chess masters of the grand chessboard. Um, but no, it's it's people who are paying with their blood and their lives for this game that's taking place for geopolitical conquest and dominance that's, by the way, being engineered from the top anyway. So until we wake up to that reality and stop feeding ourselves and our children into the meat grinder and hey yeah yay let's go fight those ukrainians what uh, the russians i don't know what what week is it who are we against whatever let's go kill them i want their blood until we stop falling for those stupid uh, emotional tricks that are played on the public time and time again throughout history then we'll never escape this system unfortunately had a podcast this morning, James, with a, a former, a, a fellow veteran of mine. Um, uh, I should just, uh, I don't know if I need to point this out for people who don't know me, but I'm i am currently English Veteran of the Year. There you go, folks, for inspiration. I take what I say to people, folks, very seriously, because I'm not here for, they say shits and giggles, do they? You know, I'm not here for the popcorn. I'm here for one thing only, and that's love, and also the future of the children. This chap with this chat this morning, he was like, Chris, I got, and he did the full 22 years or something in his career. And we, we ended up talking about gold and silver and how we got into it and stuff. And he was like, I just started to see through the bullshit, Chris, you know, that we weren't fighting for freedom. We was actually fighting for the bad guys. And, and, you know, obviously me and him think <laughs> have come to the same realization, but I said to him, how come hundred was it first world war hundred and uh, hundred years ago, 110 years ago now, was it Wilfred Owen wrote the poem 
Dulce es decorum est. I can't remember. I can't remember the rest of the Latin, but, but, but he said once again, the same old lie. It's an honor to die for one's country. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. hundred years ago, we were told folks. Yeah. And we're still ignoring it. Um, Insane. Isn't, I'll tell you an interesting thing I learned the other day. We're talking about the, commun- uh, the communism and um, there's a great book, folks, if you ever want to read, it's called Wild Swans by Jun Chan, I think her name was. She talked about three generations of Chinese women that started under Mao. And like when when Mao died, all the peasants like went to their knees and they, they're all too scared to look at each other to go, Yes, because, mm. you know, it's 1984, folks. It's literally 1984. Mm. You thought police, you, everyone's, mm. they had. Remember they had, the footage of Kim Jong-il when he died? That was coming out of North Korea. And everyone uh, had to be like tearing their hair out. Crying yes. Because if you weren't, if you weren't doing that, you were probably going to be reported. Yes. Yeah. Going back to the old communist manifesto, which was Karl Marx, wasn't it? Do you know who his great, 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 great nephew is? I'll give you a clue. He, le- he leads something called the World Economic Forum. <laughs> it's Klaus Schwab. Mm. You know, it's, it's, there was a girl, she'd done a fat, she was on TikTok or something or Telegram. She'd done this fascinating video. She just traced the family names down and how they changed over the years. I'm conscious of your time. This has just been such a great chat. I'm so honoured to 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 meet you. Friends at home, I know I've talked a lot. And do you know why? It's because I might never chat to this great man ever again. And it's nice that I get some validity about like how I think and what I've worked out over the years. Um, and I really think that I've, I've, um, I've got that from James and that uh, possibly we're all we're all going in the uh, the right direction. So, um, James, I'd love to love for you to come on the show again. If, um, if you get some spare time, I probably won't talk so much in, <laughs> in that episode because I've, I've got, I've got my paradigm out there and it's, 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 it's okay. Um, but just wonderful. Please give my love. Uh, can I say Japan? Am I allowed to say that? Sure. Yes. Yeah. I didn't know if that's not public knowledge, no, no, but no. you know, James lives in Japan folks. And, uh, I met a wonderful guy actually. He was the um he was called Donald someone. He was an American GI that had settled there after the bomb went off. And he he worked for Stars and Stripes, so the military newspaper. Mm-hmm. And he'd lived there ever since. Can't remember his name. Someone put it in the comments, folks. Donald someone. And he just stopped me in the street one day when I was trying to take a selfie before selfies were even invented. And he said, Do you want me to take a photo of you? And I, I said, Oh, thank you. And he looked after me for the evening. He took me to see a capsule hotel, which was just fascinating. <laughs> I've, I've still never, I've been here 19 years. I've still never been to a capsule hotel. They're incredible. <laughs> in, they are literally like we had on ship. They're like a little box and you crawl in, you got your little TV <laughs> on the wall, you know, yeah. um, you have a communal area. We all go and sit with guys with big bellies and flip flops. <laughs> um, it's just incredible. But he wrote a book called, um, uh, Japan, private people, public people might be the other way around. And I said to him, cause I, you know, I'd had a bit of an experience in Hong Kong. It hadn't ended up very nice and tried to assimilate myself into the culture you could say. And I, and I said to him, you know, do you fit, do you, 
do you fit in here, Donald? I think his name was Donald. He said, um, Chris, I've never tried to. They're Japanese. I'm American. I understand the difference. And I'm happy with that. And I was like, wow, that guy's really sorted. Mm. When you can be happy with your place in life and where you are, then what else do you need, right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, James, just stay on the line so I can thank you properly. But thank you so much. We're going to put all your links below. Um, thank you for everything you've done. I mean, that the, the follow the money video is just, God, you know, it really helped to awaken my eyes. And I'm not just talking about the negative stuff in life. I mean, to find out who I am and enter a place of paradise, which is where I live. And so thank you very much for that, my friend. Much love to you all. Please look after yourselves. If you can hit us with a like and a subscribe and you've heard it all before and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Friends, thank you for listening to the Bought the T-Shirt podcast. Please like, subscribe and share. And don't forget to follow me on social media. Username, Chris Thrall. Instagram, Chris.Thrall. Thank you.